Welcome to Talking Sense. I'm Mark Osorio. And I'm Teresa Arago. We're financial advisors, and if there's one thing we understand, it's that money can be confusing. So get ready, because we're breaking down what you don't know about money today on Talking Sense. A recent study completed by Policy Genius found that only 52% of Americans have life insurance of any kind. Hmm. And of those, 27% only have their employer group coverage, which will likely not be enough for their family. So we have found that there are a lot of misconceptions out there mm-hmm. regarding life insurance, and most that we meet with are actually uninsured. Yeah, or underinsured, certainly. So we are going to debunk some of the myths that we've heard in the room uh, today. And we're just going to dive right in because there are a lot of things that we hear in the room that are kind of the um, why they, they don't feel like they need more life insurance or why they feel like they don't need life insurance at all. Mm-hmm. And so we're just going to go through some of the things we've heard and why we disagree with that point of view to try to help you understand um, how important that is for you. So the first one, we talked about this already, I have an employer plan, so I'm good. Yeah. But if you look at the data, it would indicate that, that you're probably not. Right. So according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics, average group coverage begins or the offerings are ranged between 10 to 25,000 as of 2020. And some are higher. You know, we have some people who come in and their employer plan allows them to purchase additional coverage very cost effectively. I've got some that have like three, four times their salary, which if you have a decent salary can be really enough coverage. But mm-hmm. yep. the average cost of burial, and this is the state of Arkansas where it's not as expensive, is about $9,000. But I will tell you, a friend of mine lost her father a few years ago and we had some sticker shocks. It was about $25,000 for his funeral, mm. burial, stone that headstone is freakishly experienced expensive i've bought a few for family members so Mm. you know if you have that employer plan and it just has ten thousand dollars you're looking at basically getting yourself buried that's it we call them burial policies um so if you're expecting that to help your family out very much beyond just getting you buried you're gonna be well well underinsured yeah and some folks think that that's all that they need but the truth is for majority of cases you know that's uh, it's it's actually uh being underinsured, right? They're not covering all of their needs. Yeah. Even if you have a spouse who has a really high income, there's going to be a period of time where they can't work and where Mm -hmm. they've got to deal with other things. So even just buying them time for that is like step one. But as you know, we feel like insurance is more than just that. So um, that's the first one. If you have an employer plan, chances are you're not good. Yeah. yeah. And beyond the need for uh, that, that misconception that maybe all I need is just to be something that will cover the cost of being you know put in the ground right but Mm -hmm. the the second misconception is okay you know if if it just pays off my debt then that's that's enough right Mm -hmm. and i will say this was a misconception that i believed before i joined the team here because it you know we had very little debt i mean like zero credit card debt so we had cars and a house and Our thought process was if we pay off the house, the other spouse would be fine. Mm -hmm. What we didn't think about at this time in my life was I was a stay-at-home mom. So if I was no longer in the picture, he was going to have daycare. And he was going to have to have somebody to help him with other tasks around the house. We didn't think about the fact that, you know, even if your spouse, say you have a larger home, because I've experienced this with another client, even without the mortgage, this Mm -hmm. person cannot afford to pay the light bill, the um, taxes, the utilities. So just not having that mortgage doesn't necessarily mean everything's going to go well for them financially. Right, right. And, you know, who was taking the kids to practice and mm-hmm. school and all of that stuff. And most budgets are based off of two incomes these days. So if one income is lost on top of the expenses, you're going to have some challenges there. 
and besides that, you know, that's the also the income that they were using to save for retirement, right? Mm-hmm. So their their long term financial goals. So if you're all of a sudden losing one of those incomes, then most of the time those retirement goals, those long term goals, are kind of just left to dry. Yes, and especially if the working parent, if you are in a family where one stays home or the higher earner is the one that passes away first they were likely the one that was driving most of that retirement savings and now they can't. Um, So definitely if it just pays off debt, it's probably not going to be fine. The next one is I can't afford it. Uh, We hear that a lot. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, I think this misconception comes from the fact that a lot of us, our parents were buying whole life insurance and that's all we knew. And we've not walked into the world of term insurance. So talk a little bit about Mark, what the differences are between term versus whole life. And we can go a little bit deeper into why we feel like you can afford it. Yeah. So the main difference is, as the name implies, term insurance serves only for a certain term of your life, not the entire or you know the, the whole life. So because you're only covering a certain amount of term, then the risk uh, factor applied to that is is a lot less mm-hmm. uh, because you know there's not you know a, a guarantee that you are going to that something's going to happen yeah. to you during. There's that. not a guarantee you're going to need a payout at some point. Right. So the life insurance company doesn't charge as much. Exactly. Exactly. So because of that, you know, the uh, you are able to get a lot higher premium uh, or I'm sorry, a lot higher uh, death benefit for a lot less premium. And the younger you are, the better it is, the less expensive it is. The older you get, the better the chances that you're actually going to use the policy for your family. So it gets more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got to think about um, when you're talking about this, like the details matter. Um, so we we talked in episode 13, if you want to go back about the real details, the terminology, the things you need to understand. But those details do matter because there are things like renewable term where the premium will increase over time. So what you have to pay to keep that policy is increasing every single year. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily a great idea. It may be cheaper now, but is it going to be affordable 10 years down the road? Yeah. Um, and, and as an example, when I was 35, I got a policy when I started working at Jim Wealth and I realized I was underinsured. Mm-hmm. I got a policy and I got $500,000 worth of coverage for $19 a month. Yeah. And that was for a 30 year term. So that would get me into my 60s. So understand that, you know, it mm-hmm. can be affordable. There are health challenges that can be, you know, that can cause that to not be as affordable, but it's right. certainly worth checking into. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, so kind of speaking to that, um, meeting with some clients today that they have uh, term insurance uh, and it's will actually, uh, be with them until age 80, but mm-hmm. only the first five years are guaranteed. Right? Ah, so okay. can every mm-hmm. year after that, uh, it's, it increases and there's, there's a limit, right. To how, uh, how high the premium can go, mm-hmm. but, uh, the, it's completely up to the life insurance company, whether, uh, you know, they're going to, uh, increase it and by how much. Yes. And you also need to understand that that term period needs to have a purpose to it. So, you know, a lot of people will say, well, how long does my term need to last? Well, I mean, in my opinion, it needs to last till you're almost to retirement or in retirement. Age 60 for your spouse is a big kind of target to shoot for because there are survivor benefits available after that point, but not before it. There's this big blackout period. So like right now, Mm -hmm. if something happened to my spouse, I have children in the home. So there are some social security benefits I could get to help me support while they're um, still in my home. But once they're out of my home until I reach age 60, there's nothing. Yeah, that's a great and there's point. a big gap of period there. So it's important to think about the time frame that you're going for and make sure that the term matches that time frame too. Yeah. Yeah. And the which kind of leads us to our next one. 
uh, of spouses, right? So mm-hmm. the next one is stay-at-home parents don't need it. And yes. that's just not true. I think that we've got, you know, when there's a, someone who earns enough that the family, both parents don't have to work, it often is a misconception that the parent who's not earning income does not need life insurance. But that is simply not true. As, as you know, these parents take care of a lot of tasks. I think about... You know, my husband and I have have to co-op, but I think about all the times that we've got to miss work because of something like if a kid's sick, if you're a single parent, you're it. So if a kid's sick, you're home and you're going to have to miss more work than you used to if you had a stay at home parent who could take care of them. Mm -hmm. All of these parents who are having kids who are having to be home because of covid quarantines. Well, you may not have a job where you can work from home, so you're likely going to have to miss work from time to time. Um, Think about grocery shopping. (laughs) I hate grocery shopping, but we got to do it daycare expenses. I mean, mm-hmm. I have a very reasonable rate, but I mean, I know here in Little Rock, it's not uncommon to pay a $1,000 a month for daycare. Yeah. And so that's, that's income that you're not spending. True. And the, you know, there's some folks out there that say, oh, well, you know, if something happened, then, you know, my mom or my dad or, you know, aunts, uncles, you know, my, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll help me out with that kind of thing or, you know, something like that. But I mean, you just don't want to count on that as mm-hmm. as just a given. Yes, it's certainly not guaranteed. So you don't want to plan around that because that's just hope. That's right. not really a plan. So definitely understanding that your stay-at-home parent, whoever that is, also needs insurance. And we often will say, you know, at minimum, the higher earner's income, they're like their um, life insurance needs to be based off of what income they bring to the home. That's kind of a differentiator between us and others. And that stay-at-home parent needs at least half that amount. So if you make $50,000 a year, you're going to be getting some sticker shock here, but you really need about a million-dollar policy most likely. That's ballparking. Obviously, I don't know your specific situation, but that stay-at-home parent needs half of that at least to make up for all that stuff you're going to have to do when when they're no longer there. Um, The next misconception, and we're going to sit in this one for a little while, is I'm too young for life insurance. And this is... Partly why I want to sit in this one is because this is kind of that stage where you're at, Mark, where, yeah. where you could say, I'm too young for life insurance. So let's talk through that a little bit. Yeah. And it's it's definitely uh, it, it needs or requires a little bit more more thought, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of variables in, in this, right? So as life changes, your insurance needs also change, right? So mm-hmm. uh, it, it, when you're uh, younger and single, Right. And depending on, you know, what your finances look like, there's there's definitely a lot more variables. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, if you're a co-signer on debt, right, that's that's important. Right. If you've got uh, property. Right. And, and you want to make sure that, you know, those things are taken care of. Right. Then that's, you know, another uh, another consideration. Right. If you're terribly inclined. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, big, uh, a big importance to you. That's also, you know, some of the things that that important uh, that are really important. So uh, kind of talking about the the loans where where you you've got co-signers on mm-hmm. college loans are a big uh, blind spot I feel like yeah a big blind spot and yeah one of the main things there so uh, for for most of us our parents co-sign those loans mm-hmm. right so if anything happens to us then that's going to be on them yeah and those can be substantial so it's imp- I had someone said the other day you know the minute your kid graduates high school and turns 18 get them a life insurance policy to cover those future loans just in case and I thought man that's weird oh actually yeah because you mm-hmm. you co-sign for those in yep. uh, life events are great triggers for a review you know you may get a basic policy when you've graduated high school or when you're in college but as you have life events you need to consider 
other variables that come into play. But something to be very clear of is insurability can be a challenge. And one of our team members was sharing with me just the other day um, that there has been an increase in cancer occurring in people ages 15 to 39. It increased 30 percent between 1973 and 2015. And he experienced this. His wife got cancer at the age of 30. And so just recently, she was eligible for insurance just a month ago for her to try to get any insurance. She was looking at a million dollar term policy. It was going to be $15,000 annually. Wow. But she finally has gotten out of the window. It's like a 10 or 15 year window cancer free before they'll even insure you. And, And so at that point, it was finally a little more reasonable. But I mean, at 30 years old, they were just starting their family. So their insurance needs may not have felt as urgent. But because of that cancer treatment, mm-hmm. she had to wait until well into her 40s to even consider life insurance. So there was this huge um, opening for something to go wrong. Right, right. And I got a firsthand experience of that last year whenever a client uh, who at the time was was 33, uh, we talked about life insurance needs the year before. So they uh, uh, they'd actually gone ahead and applied for mm-hmm. it. And a year later, you know, she... Uh, all of a sudden uh, passed away. And then mm. when, uh, you know, they kind of looked into the, the cause, they found uh, a brain tumor. Oh, wow. Right. So that was that was something completely unexpected. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they hadn't uh, gone through that that life insurance process, then, you know, uh, that, that benefit would not have been there at all uh, yeah. for, for him. So another crazy story. I have a couple of clients, the, the husband and wife were both applying for coverage, but the husband, we got a weird note back from the insurance company about a heart condition. Hmm. And, and these are people that I know. So I reached out to him. I was like, Hey, what's the deal with this? Why didn't you disclose this? And they said, what are you talking about? They had no clue. Hmm. They had had some blood work drawn several years ago, never heard back, figured everything was fine. It come to find out he's got this heart condition and he's not old enough that you would expect that. So you can you can hit barriers of insurability if you're not careful. So I encourage people get insurance for your future when you're young because again it's cheap. Yes. For $20 a month, you can get some pretty good coverage when you're in your 20s. I was in my 30s, so I can only imagine what you can get in your 20s. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly worth looking into and considering getting some good coverage in place while you're still young. Yeah, and like you said, you know, once you've got those life events that change the mm-hmm. life insurance need, then you know, those are perfect times for review. Yes. So I'm going to give you my two cents here real quick. When you're considering your coverage needs, think about income replacement instead of debt payoff. Most of us know people who've suffered a loss, especially since COVID, but the correct coverage can make sure the family can go on without you, even if they're not, you know, it gives them the chance to, I call it giving them the room to grieve Mm -hmm. because if they're not panicked about the finances, then at least they can take the time to truly grieve and get through that process well. Yeah. And a bonus tip would be to make sure to review your beneficiaries regularly to make sure that they're accurate and that you have not just the primary beneficiary, yes. but also the contingent beneficiary in that in that place. Yes. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We hope we've been able to open your eyes about some of these myths and help you with that. Um, join us on our next episode when we talk about three questions you should ask your financial advisor. Thanks for listening to Talking Sense. And if you like what you hear, make sure and subscribe to the podcast to get all the newest episodes. The Jim Walt team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Or you can call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And while we like to have fun here, we're also financial advisors, and that means disclosures. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. 
Jim Walt Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.